I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to the Watford Buzz podcast. Myself, Matt Messiano and Tom Bedell here. This evening, um, we're going to be chatting about Reading and also Bristol City. Uh, spending more time on Bristol City because it's the most recent one. But uh, I wish we could spend more time on the Reading one, to be honest, Tom, because the Bristol City mm. game was woeful. Um, well, Reading then. Um, a victory. And um, it was a victory that came about more because Reading weren't that great than Watford being brilliant. Is that... Is that... Yeah, I... I... Yeah, I think that's a fair summary. We were clearly better than them and yet still not, you know, I don't think we blew them away by any means. You could it could see that there was a golfing class between them and us. I thought they were very limit very very limited in their ambitions. Um, you know, they could came for a point, I think really, didn't they? And and obviously all fell apart when we got the got the got the opener. Um, but they were probably what you expect for Paul inside. Really, uh, pretty limited in tactically and in, in terms of their intent. Um, and, and we kind of did did enough without overexerting ourselves. I think had we kind of really been going for it and maybe not been so close to a break and so on, we might have, you know we could have potentially walloped them. Um, because they were they were there for the taking, but as it was, it was a sort of you know didn't get a second gear job and um, and and got and got the job done. But just what we needed after the uh, the Coventry result, obviously, in performance. Yeah, um, Hassan Kamara was uh, of course out because of the yellow card. Um, so Ken Semmer came to to fill in, in at left back and uh, and did a, a you know a decent job. Yeah, I think he did. He's kind of played wing back before for Udinese Udinese I don't know about I can't remember if he's played there for us at this stage or not um, Slav- um uh, Vladimir Ivic d- didn't want to play him there really did he it was the whole kind of thing was we don't have a left back so I'm not going to play him um, there and He's obviously been playing on the right recently, so it's quite a change to then go over to left wing, but uh, left back. Sorry, but he did well, albeit I don't think he was tested massively because of Reading's lack of ambition. And in that respect, it was probably a good thing. But I wouldn't be unhappy with him there. You know what you get with Ken is a lot of kind of graft and hard work, and he's not going to give up on anything. And 
so on and so forth. Anything's, you know, it's not going to be for a lack of trying. And he, and and actually, at times, he still managed to get forwards. And I thought that was when we looked our best, almost when he was actually just running at them because there was it felt like there was a bit of a reluctance at times from us to really kind of push the envelope. And he, when he did it, when he got into those areas, he just did what he does and just kind of got his head down and got as far out the field as possible before trying to stick a cross in. And we and we just needed a bit of that and a bit of you know just doing something with a bit of conviction. It just felt all a little bit you know, half-arsed basically. And, and with Semi, you never get that. So yeah, I think he's proven he's an option there, but we really need to be doing something about that in January if um, if we're serious about promotion. Yeah. Uh, and then on the other side, we had um, Dan Gosling, who we'll talk about a bit later, but uh, he, he's, he, he was clearly being favoured over, over Mario Gaspar and in, in that position when available because Gaspar was kept on the bench. Yeah. The Billish said something the other day, I think, after the Bristol City game, about Gaspar being sort of more what we're looking for now, more what we need now, um, which I think, you know, spoke to the fact that he hasn't maybe always trusted him up to this, or not necessarily trusted him, but fancied him up to this point. Um, I think he has improved. I think we are seeing more of him in attacking situations than we had been in the early weeks of his time here. I think he's shown on a few instances in a few instances that, you know, his delivery can be really quite decent, but there is still that kind of, you know, lack of um, physical kind of uh, attributes that you you kind of need to be a championship or fullback in, in England. You still, you know, have you expected to kind of get up with the play and overlap and create an outlet from time to time. And, you know, he's not someone that's going to do that willingly but if you can get him in the right areas his delivery is decent so um it's not a lost cause but uh yeah I think it was quite telling that Dan Gosling having been put in there for that Blackpool game as a kind of oh god last resort had, had made the shirt his own really in in the last few weeks so um yes as you say we'll get we'll get onto the Dan Gosling situation but even Gosling, it has to be said, I thought against Reading and Coventry in, in spells was kind of getting higher and, and you know, contributing in that attacking phase um, more than we had seen him and more than you might expect for someone who's predominantly quite a sort of safe midfield, you know, just keeps the ball kind of moving. You're not going to see him contributing a great deal in attack. But um, that is something where... Uh, in the, just in the last couple of games, I thought maybe whether it was the opponents we were playing against or him kind of growing confidence in that role, I don't know. But to me, at least, it felt like we were seeing a bit more of him in the final third, offering an option. We also saw um, Cabaselli start uh, ahead of Sherelta because Sherelta picked up, uh, was it a fifth yellow card as well? Yeah. So um, Cabaselli came in and um, he gets a lot of he gets a lot of bad press, doesn't he, Cabaselli? And, and a lot of it is 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 warranted to be to be fair. But um, yeah. how did he perform against Reading? I thought he did all right. Um, we obviously saw him against Coventry the previous weekend, and uh, say said at the top, Reading's threat was limited, wasn't it? They did not. Um, they did. They did not offer an awful lot. I was just watching the highlights back earlier to remind myself. You had the Jeff Hendrick chance. You had Tom Ince whips one in that kind of needed a little touch over, and, and that really was about it. Um, so he did all right. 
but up against the team that offered very little on the day. And in fact, walking to the ground, I spoke to my friend who is a Reading fan on the phone. And we were talking about it. And he said, you know, I'm quite happy with the team. We've got a lot of our kind of good attackers out, but really didn't show because they just didn't get the ball to them in, in, in dangerous situations. So, yeah, I've I've said, you know, I've spoken about Cabaselli, you know, ad nauseum. I don't think he's as bad as people make out, but I also think he's probably playing, he has been playing poorly for a while and particularly this season. And it's probably a case of kind of confidence crisis at the moment more than anything else. Um, so a few games like that <laughs> where he isn't kind of going to be asked to do anything out of the ordinary or really put through the ringer probably are the best thing for someone in his situation who just needs to be rehabilitated a little bit, so to speak. Mm. It was the, uh, the the battle of the Jows uh, on that uh, Tuesday night. We had uh, Lucas Jow. And uh, and Jao Pedro, uh, but there was there was one clear winner there, wasn't there, Tom? Uh, it certainly was Jao Pedro. You know, kind of not his best performance, but just underlined I think that quality quality difference, didn't he? The fact that he was at the heart of anything good um, for us, you know, obviously scored the pen, um, scored the pen, had the uh, opportunity that sort of just sort of span wide before he got his goal, had the one where he picked the ball up, whatever it was, loose ball, 30, 35 yards out and just hit it first time and tried to lob Dean Bazanis. Um, yeah, you could just tell that he was head and shoulders above better than anyone on that pitch and, and better than anyone that Reading had to offer. And that will be the case in a lot of games this season and a bit like the promotion season last time around where that was the case with Saar and, and Pedro was kind of growing into it. I think, you know, both of them, when they're on it, at the moment, are clearly that much better than the rest of the championship or a lot of the rest of the championship. And that means that we can just about get away probably with being okay and only doing enough, you know, doing the bare minimum like did against Reading because moments of quality from those guys will win out. However, we don't want to be reliant on moments of quality from them. And I think that's the kind of catch-22 you have when you end up with players, you know, at any level who are so much better than everyone else. You do end up kind of going... Uh, well, so-and-so will pull something out, you know, pull some bit of magic out, some bit of brilliance out and, and win it for us, even if we're not at our best. So um, he was he was excellent. And after the frustration against Coventry for, as a team and for him, particularly because he was poor against Coventry, I think that was probably what he needed. Um, and now he gets a little bit of a break, which he probably needs after the physicality and everything of the championship and the kind of lack of protection and whatnot before we go again in the second half of the season. That's right. Uh, Kalu came on um, on the 66th minute. He's been getting a lot more time recently, Kalu. Um, mm. I think he did pretty well against Reading again. Um, it showed showed us some some skillful bits of magic and, and he, that he's got pace, certainly, for a, for an old man. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and that will lead me nicely into, into the Bristol City game because he was one of the three changes. He came in uh, to start for, was it his first start of the season? First um, start of the season. Uh, alongside Mario Gaspar and Hassan Kamara, who are also back in the starting eleven. Um, let's start with Kalu then, because he's been kind of warranting this start, really, as he's been you know, given more and more opportunities, mostly by Bilic. Um, I'm not sure if he really rewarded him, though, for his uh, first start. 
No, didn't didn't go his way. Basically, did it. Um, I've got no issue with kind of seeing him come in. I think you know he has deserved it on the basis of a few good cameos now, right? You know the Millwall game, that game. There was another home game. Was it Norwich where he came on? I think quite late and just kind of helped chase the chase the fullbacks down and and wind the clock down. Um, obviously got um, some kind of plaudits from Bilic for his part in the Wigan win as well a couple of weeks ago. So. You know, you might as well. What's the reward for these guys, even if he's clearly not Kalu? Sorry, he's clearly Kalu, it's his name. Um, even if he's not clearly Saar or Pedro, you know, what's the rewards for the effort if you're not actually getting, um, getting a getting a chance, getting a start from time to time when you deserve it? So, fair play, but no, it just didn't, it didn't really come off for him. He was loose in possession and so on. And I just think. Um, a bit of a wasted opportunity, really, because at some point we know Sars going to leave, be it January, be it next summer. You know, there's. I'm not saying that automatically Kalu's the one, the next cab off the rank kind of thing, but whatever happens, you know, he's going to get opportunities if he's still here. So it was a bit of a shame. Perhaps he is someone that's going to be better to just have coming off the bench because if we recall, and albeit at a higher level last season, his performances in those kind of runner games towards the end of the season where he was starting weren't terrific, um, albeit in a poor side that was struggling and bereft of confidence. So, yeah, maybe he's just a good option to have off the bench, a bit of a kind of modern-day Anthony McNamee to come on and, you know, put the put the um, scare him and and really just inject some energy in the dying embers. What a, what a name, Anthony McNamara. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant, wasn't he? Uh, maybe a bit like, um, who else used to come on for us? And, uh, maybe a, a Buatza, did he used to sort of come on at that? And, and... He did at one, didn't he, under Boothroyd for a bit, and then obviously kind of forced his way in from the start. But I'm sure there's been loads of them down the years. There's, you do get those players, don't yeah. you, that are kind of the yeah. favourites to just come on and expend some energy and really run the opposing defence into the ground but yeah he's, he's he's proved himself to be more of an option than I ever thought you know when we were talking over the summer and I was doing the, the spreadsheet with the kind of depth chart I never really considered him a serious option at any point this season um, so he's already kind of uh, contributed more than I would personally have ever expected this season yeah yeah I hope hopefully he can he can carry on um, with, with you know the, the positive signs that we've seen so far this season um Obviously, nil nil. It finished in the end, but um, I mean, for large parts of the game, uh, you know, Ishmael Yassar wasn't present. Jao Pedro wasn't present. Uh, Yasser Respria uh, was out. It seemed. Um, I mean, those are arguably Watford's three most important um, attacking threats that just weren't involved in the game for large portions. It was always going to be yeah. No, exactly. You take out those three, obviously take out Loser, who's missing with a long-term injury. Those are probably four of our five best players, along with um, Keenan Davis in, in a kind of an attacking sense and the kind of threat and the creativity that they, between them, provide. So, yeah, you know, on the on that basis alone, you probably shouldn't be too surprised um, that that we, we struggled offensively. I think it, you know, summed up beautifully in the highlights where... Bless them, whoever cut them together for Watford um, did well to find, sit through them all and, and dig out a couple of opportunities that we did have, which were pretty bloody feeble opportunities, weren't they? For Kumbayo with a tame shot and then a 
header that I wouldn't even describe as tame. I don't know if there's an adjective <laughs> to describe how um, soft that was, you know, which is no criticism of him, but it just, you know, in any other game that wouldn't have made the cut, would it? That wouldn't have made the edit. So um, that that summed it up somewhat. And I, I think a bit of a kind of overall point, a, a general, a generally more sort of last game before the break feeling to that game. Um you quite often see it, don't you, in the final game of the season, for example. It's just a bit lax and laps and chaotic and whatnot. And maybe a bit of chaos injected into that one would have would have livened it up, cheered it up a bit. But um, it certainly kind of felt like a game, the last game for a few weeks um, before people go off on their holidays. Was there any controversy surrounding the SAR absence in particular? Because obviously everyone knew he's the only player on, on Watford's book, so it's going to the World Cup. It's obviously coming up. Um, and then there was the whole thing with uh, posts. Was it Reading or maybe in the lead up to this game where Bilic kind of changed his tune with regards mm. to whether Saar would be playing or not. And, and in the end, it seemed as though it was, you know, maybe not as much involved as, as, as we maybe expected him to be. Yeah, strange one, I must admit, because Bilic had kind of almost gone out of his way to say... You know, why wouldn't he play? Um, you know, kind of poo-pooed the question when it was put to him. Um, and that seemed like, you know, sorted, you know, dead and buried, no issue. Um, it's going to be it's going to be the normal team with the, the strongest available 11. Um, so then being benched was, was a... Was a came as a surprise, unquestionably. Even though, as we just said, Kalu had probably earned a crack, yeah. um, and against a side with two wins in thirteen, Bristol City, and kind of coming under a bit of pressure there, our old mate Nigel Pearson. It's probably not the worst time to make the um, make the the, the switch. Um, I think that's the only reason that it was there was any controversy because I don't think he's been. Fantastic the last few weeks, Sar was certainly in the, the games I've seen when I was at um Reading and Coventry. Um, you know, I don't I don't think he's been at his best by any stretch of imagination. No, he's so he's not got a divine right to be in the team, even though as we said, he's kind of one of the players that is head and shoulders above most of the others. Um but because it was prior to the World Cup, people kind of think he's putting that first and I just, I just don't think that's the case. There's an element of looking after players as well. And I think you build up that trust by um, treating them like human beings. And Bilic has been a professional footballer at a very high standard, you know. Yeah, yeah. Go into a World Cup semi-final with Croatia all those years ago. Um, you know, he knows what it's like. And I, I, I liken it, different players entirely, of course, but I liken it to... Um, um, the quite kind of famous case of Pep Guardiola and, and Lionel Messi at Barcelona when he first went in and the club had said Barcelona that Messi couldn't go to the Olympic Games and he really wants to go to the Olympic Games. It was a big deal in Argentina, the football tournament more than it is in this country. And Pep went in to bat for him and agreed that he would go. And, you know, there was a feeling and sort of the reporting around it was that that was a big kind of power move from Pep and a big kind of win for him with Messi, got Messi on side. And obviously the relationship blossomed from there. And look, I'm sure he would have been a phenomenal player for Barcelona regardless. But 
it helped. And I think it's the kind of the same perhaps could hopefully play out with Saar here that Bilic has gone. Do you know what? Last game before the World Cup, not a massive amount riding on it. They're not a good team. We reckon we can probably win by not risking him from the start and increasing the likelihood of him getting injured or whatever. Let's give him a little break and, you know, come back from the World Cup. If he has a good World Cup and comes back flying, that can only be good for us, can't it? So, you know, all those kind of factors rolled into the decision, I think. And I don't I don't have an issue with it personally. Um, you know, you pick you pick the team for the occasion and, and clearly Billich thought that that was the team for the occasion and, and would have been mm. enough to win the game. So mm. Surprising yeah. that Pedro didn't start. I mean, obviously there's no reason why he would need to be... Yeah, that was a little more surprising for me, definitely. Um, I, would have, I would have thought that if you're taking Saar out, Pedro has to be, has to be starting really because there isn't, as we discussed, you know, a few minutes ago, a huge amount of creativity in that team. Otherwise, obviously, Espria missed out as well with yeah. uh, an ankle injury, which I missed at the time, but saw subsequently. Um, and as we said, loser out as well. So really, you know, those are your kind of most creative players, probably apart from Ken Semmer. You're really putting a lot on on Ken and, and, and Samuel Kalou um, to, to create the opportunities, create the openings. And, you know, I love Ken Semmer, I think, as we all do, and we've all kind of got an increased appreciation for him this season. But Kalu and Kalu and Ken isn't quite Pedro and Saar, is it? With all due respect to both of them. <laughs> no. And and you know, I mean, it's it goes to show that if you don't play your, your best players, I mean just look at the stats here, Watford had two shots, uh yeah. none on target. It, it you know, we have to point out that obviously Saar and Pedro did did come on uh in, in the second half, but clearly they were they just weren't able to to get into the game for, for one reason or another. I don't know why, but um, I, 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 I don't know. Is, do you think there's anything as, as to why they they might have not been able to affect the game as as well coming from on from the bench? I just think it's always hard to get into a game coming off the bench, isn't it? With you know twenty minutes to go or whatever it is, you know they always say it takes sort of twenty minutes to get into a game, so. You need a good a good period of time to get into a game, and also, you know, kind of game state at that point. Bristol City are probably thinking, um, we can take this one. That's it. it. We could get a point here at least, maybe even nick it. You know, but probably settle for the point and and you know sit deep, sit compact, and try and grind out a point in a clean sheet. And they'll, as with anyone that plays us this season, probably tell themselves, oh, you know, Watford are a good team with a good squad you know, Premier League team and all this kind of stuff. So actually quite happy to to grind out the point there and, and make life difficult for us. And obviously, as we know, with Pedro and Saar, probably the, 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 the thing they're most dangerous doing is um, getting in behind and using their pace and directness and running at players. And, you know, if a game is compact and clogged up like that is doesn't provide those opportunities for them so it is it's different it's a totally different thing i think isn't it so i you know i'm not entirely sort of surprised that they didn't come on and immediately turn the game on its head and i think i was listening to the from the requiem podcast after the game and i thought mike made a good point on there where he said you know it's quite a kind of um eye-opening kind of sobering look at what life might be like if we don't get promoted you know 
can reasonably assume that we're not going to have Saar and Pedro and Co if we if we don't go up this year and it's going to be a much more sort of uh, workmanlike and you know it's just basically not as good team if if we if we don't get back up and um, that's uh, a pretty good motivation I would say to to get it done this season. Yeah, that's a, a pretty scary prospect, isn't it? Yeah. Um, something else that I thought was interesting that kind of went under the radar um, was that Cabaselli kept his place in that uh, in that back two, um, and Sheralta uh, could only make the bench. Um, now, unless there's an injury that I don't know about. Um, I understand that Cathcart was always intended to be on the bench and that he would be introduced a bit later on because he's coming back from an injury and, and um, that that did happen, although not probably in the circumstances that they expected it to happen. But uh, why do you think Serralta was, um, hmm. was was not well, replacing Cavaselli for this game? You're not wrong. It definitely went under the, uh, under the radar because I hadn't clocked that at <laughs> um, all. I don't know, to be honest with you. That's a very good question. I, I suppose he was happy with the the, the partnership that, that Cabaselli and um, Truce to yeah. Kong, thank you, couldn't remember his name, had and uh, over the last couple of games, as I say, kind of rehabilitating him a little bit, you know, would have reasonably thought that he could go down there and get the points given the form that they were in. And I mean, to be so fair, I, was, I, I didn't see him do anything noticeably poor to be honest in either of the two games so uh, whilst he's he's had this criticism this season and for justifiably some some very good reasons from poor performances that he's had that he wasn't awful against Bristol or Reading really no um no agreed he's never gonna be my first pick because I think I just think he's over his peak as a player and, and we've seen too many times what he is capable of and not in a good way. But if he can come in from time to time and not be an, an absolute bomb scare, which I'm absolutely confident he can be, then, you know, I think that's that's a good thing because we, for better or for worse, we have problems at centre-half and this probably quite nicely leads on to something else that we want to talk about. But, you know, Cathcart's evidently managing something at the moment. Yeah, it's, um, it's it's good that he's back, isn't it? I mean, clearly, yeah. he'll be as far as far as as long as everything is okay. I mean, this month or or, or so that we have now um, will be perfect for him because he'll be coming mm. back, probably able to to start the the next game. And and you know, he's probably one of the first names on the team sheet, isn't he? When he's fit, I think so. Yeah, he would be if everybody was fit. And we were playing a two. More often than not, I'd want to play him and Courtney Howes, who, you know, what the hell is going on there? We, yeah. we spoke about it, what seems like probably a month ago now, give or take. And, you know, there's still no real sign of clarity on on, on his situation, which is increasingly worrying. Um, Would you end that deal in January if there's not... I think you've got... Yeah, I think you know if we can get out of it and, 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 and obviously the club will know far better what the what the situation is, you know, is he realistically going to be available at any, any point soon? But I, I would be tempted to say if, if there's a significant amount of doubt over his long-term availability, 
given we've not seen him on the pitch since the 17th of September against Sunderland, then I'll be, yeah, be tempted to say, yeah, fine, do you know what, it's not worked out, cut our losses, send him back and use that money to bring um, bring another centre-half in because, yeah, it's very, very odd, isn't it, What's what's been going on there. And I just think, you know, and I understand it from the club's point of view. They've been very deliberate in my mind in the language they've used to kind of talk about him, you know, not trying to create false hope, not trying to create any expectations around when he might be back. Um, I'm just desperately filling for time as I look on soccer base to see. <laughs> Looks like he was last on the bench against Wigan on the 29th of October. And then we've had four games since then. Cardiff, Coventry, Reading and Bristol City. And he's not been on the bench for any of those. So, you know, why is he on the bench one one week and then four weeks in a row not on the bench? Or two weeks in a row, four games not on the bench? It's Yeah, it just seems a little bit iffy, doesn't it? And I feel like we've had enough of these players down the years where it's like, Oh yeah, they're just just around the corner. They'll be back soon, you know. Um, Collins, John, and it's just not, you know, not ever kind of worked out. So I'm slightly who, concerned about who, that who, one. Who was it the um, was it an Argentinian player we had that was always injured? Um, maybe it wasn't Argentinian. It was South American, I feel. Uh, he was very good at West Ham. Oh, Marazzarate. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah, exactly. There's. You regularly get them, don't you? These players. Where, where, where's he from? I need to. I need to. I need to ask. Myself. He is Argentine. He is yeah, Argentine. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. Good, good. So. Yeah. He felt like he, I felt like he was always injured. Was he always injured? He got an injury. We signed him, didn't we? And he got he scored a goal, and then he got a bad injury quite soon after that. And then I think we just kind of moved him on fairly soon after that. He was not around for very long. Put it that way. No, I I really wanted to see him play a Watford shirt properly as well because he he was fun certainly. He's only thirty five still, you know. I thought he's. I, yeah, I mean, he's been around forever. He's still playing for Platense, uh, who is in a Argentina. team in Buenos Aires. Yeah, there you go. There we go. But yeah, just the three appearances for Watford. Sad. Yeah. Very sad. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection. Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Anyway, we move on. <laughs> um, right. Uh, yes. Okay. So um, the only real uh, thing of note from the Bristol City game was unfortunately for Watford, a terrible injury um, for, for Dan Gosling, um, who had been restored back into into the midfield after um, Mario Gaspar was put back in it right back. Um and was having a reasonable game, despite the fact that no one was particularly um, pulling up trees. But uh, yeah, there was um, a moment that we'll talk about and, and we can discuss if, if it has any meaning on anything at all. But um, he, he sort of pointed towards the um, the bench, didn't he? As if he was asking for a, a change. Um, and then it was a few minutes later, he... Uh, he went. He went down with this uh, Achilles. Is it Achilles injury? Yeah, Achilles injury. Yeah. <sighs> and uh, from what we've 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 been told, and I, I certainly didn't know this, um, you know, until recently. But uh, it's it's a very difficult injury to come back from, uh, particularly at this stage of his career. Um, it is obviously. I mean, I think almost every injury these days you can come back from. It's it's not like it was the you know, the eighties where injuries would just kill you off no matter what age you were. But um but yeah, it's a it's a tough one and um yeah, very disappointing for him because he was just back in the fold and you know it he'd almost you know won his place in the team really from from being mm-hmm. from being nowhere near it uh for, for vast parts of his career with Watford. He'd suddenly kind of proved to everyone that he had this uh, hidden talent for right back that no one really knew about, um, and it's just so sad. It's so sad. Yeah, you got to feel for him on a human level, haven't you? That, as you say, he's he's never been first choice since Simon's here. Even when we signed him, he was kind of, you know, just a, a bolster option. Basically, didn't play at all last season. Was treated quite shoddily last season, and only got a kind of round of games right at the end when Roy Hodgson was just, you know giving everybody a bit of a go as we got relegated. Certainly didn't disgrace himself. And then you kind of thought, all right, we're going down. He'll probably see a bit more action, but he's still nowhere near first choice. Um, and, and suddenly, you know, kind of brought to front and centre by the situation that we find ourselves in and, and becomes a key man very quickly and probably first choice right back. The fact that, as we said earlier, he was being picked ahead of um, actual right back Mario Gaspar was um was quite sort of uh, interesting quite sort of damning perhaps so a real shame for him um regardless of all that but more so because of all that and the kind of journey he's been through here um and someone who quite clearly cares and and wants to give his all and and you know was evidently frustrated disappointed angry whatever last season because of what was going on around him so to see him kind of be part of it this year was um 
yeah, it was quite quite interesting, quite surprising, quite I don't mean maybe going too far here, but almost inspiring in a way, a bit kind of a bit of a, a kind of poetic tale to see him come back from the middle of nowhere and you know actually make himself a key part of this team out of out of the blue. Um, you know, a bit of a kind of comeback story. So it's it's sad and you and you certainly hope that it's um it's an injury that he can recover from properly and fully and, you know, play out the rest of his career because he's only kind of 32, I think, isn't he? So, you know, should have a good amount of time left in him um, once he gets back. And you just hope that, you know, it's not going to impact him and prevent him from getting back to where he should be. Um, this is where it'd be good to have Jordan's input as, as someone who knows a lot more about this world than, than either you or I. But um yeah. Yeah, from the conversations we've had in our WhatsApp group, Jordan, you know, not putting words in his mouth, but certainly I think it's fair to say, express some concern about how easy this would be to come back from um, for anyone, but let alone at, at his kind of advanced years um, in football terms. So, yeah, we just yeah, hope that he's going to be, um, even if it's not for us, even if I guess he's, because I think this is the final year of his contract, isn't it? You know, even if it's that he never manages to play for us again, he still has the rest of his career and, and is able to make the most of it wherever that is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Tom, there, there have been some suggestions uh, on Twitter that, uh, it, well, on Twitter in particular, that uh, he perhaps should have been taken off and that he was asking to, to come off before picking up this injury as though he had kind of felt that something was was not quite right um now obviously you don't know the answer to this but if you can join me in a little bit of from speculation or what what you uh what you think um it'll be i'd be interested to know what you know what what, what you make of that yes this was the kind of uh suggestion post game wasn't it um which is I'm not sure where I'm not sure I'm not sure if people are reading into this because I um I've been told that this happened uh I don't know if I really picked it up myself uh but uh, I don't disbelieve that it that it happened but how can people know what he's talking to the bench about well yeah and, absolutely and, I mean they can't hear him for certain um so are they just putting two and two together and, and coming up with five or or or, or 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 do you think that you know there is a genuine argument that this could have been what he was talking about no you know there's every chance that it might have been the case but I'd, as ever in these situations when we don't know we kind of people do tend to especially on social media fill the void with speculation as as we've said before um I suspect <sighs> it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because neither of us have had that injury before. People that have had that injury, um, that, that we've we've seen some reports from, have said that they they didn't know that that you know anything was untoward until it happened. So it's interesting. Maybe, maybe he did. Maybe I mean he is obviously a professional. He knows his body. Maybe he maybe he uh, maybe he did feel something, but maybe maybe we're reading far too much into this. But I suppose yeah, I think so, and yeah, I think it's yeah. dangerous to kind of you know say anything without knowing 
the reality of it you know a quick yeah. scroll a quick search of his name on twitter and you'll see plenty of people kind of speculating that he was angry with the the medical team for not um not you know acting quickly enough to get him off i just i just don't believe that you know people in those positions and and someone like billich who has been a player would kind of do anything to endanger the well-being of a player you know i certainly hope that's um certainly hope that's not the case um so yeah i just i think it's a lot of you know unfounded speculation that um we will probably never know the truth of but um the main the main thing is we hope he obviously uh gets over it and as quickly and as as best as he can a quick search on google says it can take six months but um Billich seemed to suggest that uh, he would be out for a long time. Um, I mean, although if you if you think about six months, though, that would that would put us to April, uh, and that I mean that's basically the end of the season, isn't it? So I yeah, I, I, I mean doubt, his, I doubt his we'll season is over. Yeah. yeah, I'd be stunned if we see him again. You see, his season is his season is over. Even if he you know is technically fit in that time, is he is he football fit? You know, is he able to go? into the demands of a football match, you know, two matches in a week, the the physical demands and strains that that puts on the body. Is he able to go into challenges and, and so on and so forth? I mean, you know, what they can do medically these days, I'm sure, I'm sure he will be um, far better position than someone of his age with this injury, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago. Um, but it's, it's always a worry, isn't it? When it's, uh, you know, kind of advanced in years i hate to i hate to say that when he's only a couple of years older than me um but you know he is in in football terms and in uh in the kind of the position he plays and uh, obviously at a decent level the physical demands that that puts on him so yeah let's let's hope it's not as serious as um the kind of reporting and suggestions so far are uh making out yeah um Recently, uh, Trista Kong sort of came out and, and said, uh, you know, it, he was very impressed with, with, with Dan Gosling and how, how hard he was working to get himself back into into the team deservedly and uh, how, you know, disappointing and and heartbreaking this this injury is because, uh, you know, it's, um, as, as everyone as everyone can see it's it's like he's just got back and then his it's all been taken away from him i think he uh he said some moments in football aren't fair and uh i you know i i i agree with that no absolutely i think it speaks volumes that the players that have been kind of coming out and speaking about him and the fact that he was the one that you know really kind of put his um neck on the line and said what he felt about last season in that interview uh, with uh, Andrew French over the summer, you know, yeah, says right. a lot for the sort of character he is, and so on and so forth. And you need players like that around, even if they're not the best footballer in the the team. You need those kind of guys around to set the standards and lead by example, and you know, show how it's done. You know, lest we forget, he has won promotion out of this division before with Bournemouth as well as us. So, you know, that that experience is 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 vital. So he's he's a loss, but look, he's going to be around the place still, albeit. Injured players kind of come in on their own a bit and train and or get medical uh, treatment at different times to the main kind of body of the squad. You know, he will still be around, I'm sure, and 
and knowing what we do know, I'm sure he's going to be, you know, cheerleading from the sidelines as 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 much as anyone. So we'll, uh, I guess, they'll have a, a an extra kind of little motivator as well, won't they, to kind of to do it for do it for Dan. So yeah, fingers crossed. That versatility that he brings will be missed as well because, uh, like you say, he could he he could play midfield and uh, and and right back as well. So it was mm. it, it's doubly disappointing. Um, on the plus side, uh, it looks as though um, Delhi Bashira is making more and more strides forward. Uh, he was on the bench again, didn't get on the pitch, but um, he uh, is believed to be closer. And hopefully after this uh, spell at the World Cup, he'll be able to uh, use that time wisely and um, and maybe be in line for some minutes when, it, when, we, when we resume in uh, December. Well, he came off the bench against Reading, didn't he? So that's he right. Yes, few... he got a few minutes there, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Um, a few minutes. A few minutes there. Yeah. Good timing, I guess. Really, with the the Gosling situation, but obviously, you know, had a long term injury last season, had a niggle this season or a problem this season, which at one point we uh, feared would be kind of long term as well. So it's you know we've got to be. Uh, Kind of probably temper our expectations a little bit there as well, and not, um, not expect him to be probably ready to go immediately because it's a long time since he's played regularly week in week out, um, regularly or week in week out, I suppose. Um, so yeah, it's um, we're gonna have to be patient, but I guess in that respect, the World Cup break is 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 not a bad thing. And also, it'd be useful for Ngakia as well if he's believed to be on the recovery trail as a potential backup slash starter uh in in lieu of uh Gaspar or Yeah, him him and Manai being back can't be a bad can't be a bad thing at all. Um, yeah Manai I I'd forgotten about him, yeah. was kinda of surprised with Adam Levitar's reporting that they were both back in training, obviously more kind of pleased about the Ngakia situation given what we've just been discussing, but Manai is another attacking option to throw in there. I must admit, I think I missed pretty much his Watford career to date by being on holiday. Um, <laughs> so I'll be interested to see him and make a more of a judgment of him. But yeah, we just we just need bodies at the moment. It's a pretty, and that's probably the best news to come out of the weekend is that we don't have to play again until the 11th of December um, because it does feel like we're just a little bit thin on the ground for numbers. Yeah. Yeah, we are indeed. Do you, with that in mind, um, do you think that uh, Blitch will be looking to add in 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 January? Do you think? He'll yeah, be oh, definitely. If if not before, if um if he can, I'm not sure when the free agent deadline um is. Uh, uh, let's just look that up. But you know, I think the kind of character he is, he will not just sit idly by. He will um he will expect. To be backed if he asks for help, and 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 rightly so because, you know the 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 depth there now is is a would be a real concern for me. Cleverly loser Gosling all long term injuries. Aspria missed Bristol City with an ankle. Nagaki and Manai are coming back off long term things, and then there are kind of you know question marks over Davis, Cathcart, and Howes to varying degrees either you know ability to play three games in a week, or Courtney Howes being just you know what the hell is going on with him you know so that is um nine players there 
Um, and then you've got kind of, you know, Delhi Bashir who needs to be eased back. Um, and I think we all felt that we didn't have enough depth in certain areas before the season got underway. So yeah. it's it's definitely will be a concern. But I think the kind of person that he is, uh, Slavin Bilic, he's not going to, He's not going to be a, a wallflower about it. He will go and, and ask the question and, and, and make life uh, not uncomfortable necessarily, but, you know, something like that for the for the, the decision makers. Yeah. I mean, given, you know, what uh, what's happened this season with regards the the playing squad, the, the, the unfortunate injuries that have been picked up, the fact that we're fourth at this stage uh, and only five points off automatic promotion, I mean, it's not terrible, is it, really? No, we've done a pretty good job of just sort of keeping ourselves in the chasing pack there, all things considered, haven't we? Where we were yeah. in danger of falling away. You couldn't, you could potentially argue already that the decision has been vindicated to, to get rid of uh, Rob Edwards, harsh though it was, and obviously all the associated baggage and bring in Billich because I don't, I don't know if we'd be in this place with. Um, with Rob Edwards. That said, I think we were all prepared for another year in the championship if it meant the full kind of cultural reset and a, a change of how things were done. So I guess it depends what you kind of value most highly and, and you know, the be-all and end-all evidently is getting promotion. So I guess in that respect, you can't... Um, you can't you can't be kind of opposed to the the change or or say that the change hasn't been warranted at this stage. Mm. Uh, a little um, quick move up the M1 to to Luton just to talk about uh, the situation there with uh, Nathan Jones uh, <laughs> um, leaving them again for the second time mm. to take up the Southampton job. Um, firstly, what's your reaction to that? Well, can't blame him. Um, he's obviously done a very good job at Luton over two spells. Um, I, oh, I'm a little bit surprised he hasn't stayed. Not because he should always stay at Luton and he owes them anything, but because they're having a very good season, um, you know, recent results aside. Um, but I, I just kind of felt like he had an opportunity to achieve something there this season, obviously got in the playoffs and, and lost and, you, you know, not you know, only kind of a couple of points, point outside the playoffs as, as things stand. But I guess there are limitations when you, you know, small ground and so on. Um, they do tend to kind of pick people up on freebies and, and pay sort of small amount of money. So the opportunity to go to a Premier League club and a, a club like Southampton, I think where, you know, developing players and signing smart making smart signings is is the kind of order of the day probably plays to his strengths so yes so it was always amusing when things don't go right for them so um yes I've, i'm certainly not unhappy about the situation and and secondly rob edwards uh tipped to maybe go and fill the vacancy there has he Interesting. Well, I mean, it's only one of the number of names that are being reported. Uh, Brady's, uh, John Brady is also apparently um, being linked oh, to the right. job as well. But uh, interesting, if if it does end up being Edwards, uh, could he come back to haunt us? Well, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't um, 
to blame him for wanting to go there and, and stick one up us, to be honest, given how he was treated. Um, I, I think they could do a lot worse than appointing him as well, actually, in, in fairness, given they've typically played um, typically played with a back three in, in recent years and, and this season. So, you know, immediately that, that kind of looks like a better fit than us. Um, you know, play with the back three with wing backs, a lot kind of closer to his system. I can't pretend to know how, how they play within that shape, but certainly that is how they play. That is certainly the system they line up in. So, yeah, it makes, um, could make for quite an interesting appointment, couldn't it? Yeah, it could indeed. Let's hope it doesn't come back to haunt us. Right, OK, let's finish there then. Thanks very much for joining me, Tom. Um, so overall, uh, and I've, I've seen a few people do this. Why don't we give our own? What would you give, um, uh, if this was a school a school grade, what would you give it out of, out of A, B, C, D, E, F, or, mm. or, or U, the, the dreaded U? <laughs> I think probably a C. I C, think, yeah. Yeah, I, and that's really only because... We've been really quite bad in some games, and I think if you wrap up the off the pitch stuff into that as well, you know, if 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 we were being managed by Rob Edwards right now, and we were fourth, I'd probably say, you know, B, B plus, you know, good, excellent. If you know A is kind of automatics, then being fourth is probably worthy of a B. But I just think kind of all the the disquiet and whatnot off the pitch and all the stuff we've just you know discussed having gone through uh, detracts a little bit. But it's certainly not a bad position to be in. And as we know in this division, it, the value of, of momentum and, and getting on a little run is is enormous. So um, if we can if we can just stay in there with the chasing pack and 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 hit our straps and a little bit of form, then anything's possible. Good stuff. Uh, let's just have a little quick look. Um, no new reviews. Uh, if you would like to review us, please just go to the Apple Podcast section. Go down to the very bottom. You can give us a rating out of five. Uh, five being the best. Uh, and and give, us a, give us a little review there. Um, it always helps um, to, to let us know that uh, we're doing a good job, if indeed we are. Um, we'll be back uh, probably at some point in this break to chat about uh, a few things that we haven't had a chance to chat about yet. Um, in that list of things, Tom, help me out here, are... Uh, ben Manga coming in as sporting director. I guess the recruitment right. that we need recruitment to policy. Possibly USA investors coming in as well. Mm. So a yes. few things to have a chat about uh, in this interim period. Um, I'm also going to be uh, enjoying a bit of the World Cup. Uh, how about you? Have, you? have you got anyone that you're um, you're, you're backing to to, to to do well, Tom? Uh, good question. Um, I must admit, until the squad was announced last week, I kind of uh, not realised, appreciated how close it was. Always so hard to predict because you don't actually watch any of these other nations, do you? You know, let's be honest. I don't even always watch uh, England games. So, oh, I do absolutely. I try and watch every game I can. Do you? Yeah. Oh no, I mean I try, but I mean, it's going to be harder this time because it's 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 quite busy at work. No, I mean I mean uh, year round. Obviously, I watch all the England games of the World Cup. I just mean you know outside of tournaments i, don't, oh, I can't pretend right. i, I, see, I, I see. can't yes. pretend i watch point. every yes. england game you know um 
and I said so therefore I certainly don't watch the kind of contenders there seems to be a lot of noise around Argentina which has surprised me because I yeah, don't know yeah um you know is that purely it's Possibly Messi's, Messi's last, last World Cup that's yeah. it yeah. so he's going to be extra most you know I don't know I think to be honest with you as boring as it sounds you look at that France squad um and the depth they've got on the players that you know obviously they're missing Pogba and Kante and the players that they haven't called up, I just think they've got such ridiculous depth that they should be should be there or thereabouts. So if I had to give you a really boring tip and I would I'd I'd, I'd be reticent to call it that, then it would be uh France. Okay. And was you happy with the England squad? Was there any names that you would have added? Yeah, no, I was happy to be honest with you. Yeah. It's very rare. I I, feel, I didn't feel like there was any great controversy. There, I was um, surprised that Madison was in. I was a little bit surprised that Callum Wilson was in. Ivan Tony, do you think that he should have made the made the cut? Or... <sighs> he's had, he's had a good weekend he, this weekend, hasn't he? He has, but I think when you've got Harry Kane, you know, is going to be captain, is going to be the leading striker for England, and will you know play every minute unless we're winning a group stage game comfortably. You really only need one backup striker, particularly when you consider that some of those other guys can easily slot in and play, you know, in a in a kind of withdrawn role as a forward and, and have other players around them. So actually, you know, do you, is, is a third striker a waste? Yeah, probably it is, to be honest, unless something bad happens. Um, you know, that second striker is going to be scrapping for minutes anyway, you know, scrabbling around for minutes anyway. So um, I'd almost rather see him use that spot on a Madison or a Gallagher, someone who can do something different to to what a lot of the other guys can do. You know, because you look at the kind of Henderson, Rice, um those those two, you know, don't offer much goal threat, but at least, you know, if you throw Connor Gallagher on, you know, one thing he's gonna do is just get in the box and and get on the end of things. Um Madison's obviously very different as a mid, you know, it's not a central central midfielder, but he's very different. Sorry. So, thank you. I yeah, I was yeah surprisingly at peace with it. I have to say. Yeah. Do you reckon um, Pickford will start in goal? That oh, seems, yeah, seems no, to be Southgate's No doubt, one, no it? doubt, no doubt. Yeah, though Southgate loves his tournament favourites. Pickford will start. Maguire will start. Yeah. Carl St- Stones will start. alongside him. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Shaw on the left. Do you think? Yes. Yes, I think so. Just about. Yeah. In midfield, do you reckon Bellingham, Rice? Yeah, I think I think Bellingham will probably get the nod over Henderson, won't he? And then who fills that kind of creative role? I if suspect Foden? it will probably be Sterling uh, Mount behind yeah, Mount or Foden point, yeah. behind Kane, I reckon. Sterling definitely. Sterling plus one if we're Sterling, playing three. Sterling plus one, one, you reckon, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. I think I would probably go well, I mean I would go very differently because I wouldn't be picking Pickford to be just to start off with. So um <laughs> um I'd have um Ramsdale. Ramsdale, yeah. Um and then I wouldn't have Maguire anywhere near the team, so <laughs> <laughs> that makes it harder. Um, I, I, you know, I'd be interested to see Pakayo Saka um, playing maybe in a front three with um, Kane and Sterling. Uh, I would start Saka, personally. Foden behind them with Bellingham and Rice. Uh, 
And I actually wouldn't play Kyle Walker either. I would um, play Trippier instead. Yeah, on form he'd play Trippier, but yeah, he just loves his, you know, which is fine. They've done it. They've served him well over the years, but. Well, anyway, uh, I hope you enjoyed the little dip into the England chat. <laughs> there might be, might be more of that next time we uh, next time we talk about it because it'll be well in the um, in the swing of things, won't it? We'll be talking about hopefully uh, England progressing through to uh, I don't know the quarters, maybe maybe the semis. Who knows? I, I don't think we'll go all the way this time, but uh, I mean, you never know, do you? You never know, Tom. Quarters. That's where we'll go. Quarters. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay, um, where was I? Oh, yes, I was saying the resumption of um, of, of, of the goodbyes. Yes, well, we'll be back uh, at some point uh, in that little um, break. Uh, and then we'll be back as usual talking about uh, Watford when they return to, to action. Um, uh, and hopefully Jordan Armour will be there as well, just taking um, some time out this evening. So... Thanks once again, Tom, and uh, I look forward Pleasure. to seeing you in the in the coming weeks. Sounds good. Right. Goodbye. Goodbye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.